BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk, coming your way from the VCY American Network. Did you know that the Leaning Tower of Pisa leans because of an unstable foundation? It has an insufficient amount of limestone base built into a dense clay bed. They've had to take great remedial action to keep it from coming down or it would have already collapsed. Did you know that whole houses and buildings have collapsed due to a faulty or an insufficient foundation? I'd like to ask you a question today. How strong is your foundation? Now, I'm not asking you about your house. I'm I'm asking you about your life. How strong is your foundation, spiritually speaking? What about that of your family? Sadly, there have been many tragedies due to a lack of a sure foundation, yes, even in Christian homes. Our guest today has written a book to assist you in developing a strong foundation. Joining us today, we welcome back Israel Wayne. He and his wife, Brooke, are homeschooling parents, uh, have uh, brought up uh, some 11 children. He's also an author, a conference speaker who has a passion for defending the Christian faith and promoting a biblical worldview. The author of several books, including Education, Does God Have an Opinion? Pitching a Fit, Overcoming Angry and Stressed-Out Parenting. Raising Them Up, Parenting for Christians, and other titles as well. Well, since 1995, Israel has traveled the nation speaking on family, uh, homeschooling, revival, discipleship, and cultural issues. He's been a keynote speaker at numerous conferences and serves as a director of Family Renewal and is with us today discussing his latest book, Foundational Truths, a modern catechism answering the essential questions of Christianity. Israel, welcome back to Crosstalk. Well, thank you, Jim. It's great to be back on your show. Uh, You have literally traveled the country. You have spoken in a a wide range of settings, and you've seen all kinds of homes that uh, have, uh, and and you've met with Christian families. How how would you describe the foundation of the majority of Christian homes today? Well, it's interesting. I had an opportunity recently to interview the leading researcher for all things related to the Church in the United States, a guy named Dr. George Barna. And his latest research says that only 1% of young people under the age of 29 in the United States have a basic foundational biblical worldview, only 1%. So I think it's pretty clear that Christian families and churches have not been effective in passing on the Christian faith and Mm. Christian values to the next generation. That, that, that's really staggering. I mean, 1%. Of, why, why do we have such biblical illiteracy today? I mean, we've got the Bible is plentiful. There's, there's a Christian broadcasting that's available out there. All kinds of podcasts have been, been developed. Why is there so much biblical illiteracy? Well, we have more resources in the United States today than any other people group has had in the history of the world when it comes to Christian literature and uh, Christian evangelism and Christian uh, information. So it's definitely not that we have a dearth of uh, religious products. Um, I think we can place it in two primary places. The the first and foremost is that parents have not taken seriously their biblical mandate to disciple their own children. I think they've largely expected the Church to do that for them, and that hasn't worked. And then churches have increasingly moved towards more of an entertainment focus with children of just having fun and activities that are enjoyable for children, as opposed to really preparing them with any sound biblical doctrine or theology. So that combination has been lethal as parents have sort of abdicated their own role in training their children, expecting the church to do it, and the church has become more accommodating and just, you know, providing formal activities mm-hmm. and entertainment as opposed to actually discipling them. Israel, I'm, I'm sorry, we're just having a few technical problems here in getting a very muffled sound, and I don't know if you're speaking directly into the mouthpiece of your phone, but if you could, that would help, or if you're on a speakerphone to come off from that. 
Um, but uh, we're talking about the book here, Foundational Truths of Modern Catechism, Answering the Essential Questions of Christianity. Uh, you have developed what you call a modern catechism, and I'd like to, first of all, define the word catechism. When you use that term, what do you mean, Israel? Catechism simply means question and answer. There are many people who associate a catechism with the Roman Catholic Church because for centuries they used that format as a way of teaching children their theology and their Bible doctrine, but uh, it really is not a Catholic concept. In fact, Martin Luther wrote the first Protestant catechism, and there have been uh, dozens of catechisms that have been written by Protestant churches ever since the Reformation. So it simply means a question-and-answer format uh, for teaching essential Bible truths and Bible doctrines to children and uh, adults as well. Mm-hmm. So the purpose, then, of that Q&A is simply that of teaching. Yes, it used to be that a lot of churches, and, and you'll find that some of the more older denominations or what we call liturgical-type churches still uh, use a catechism, but it used to be a way that, that parents and churches would train up children and also introduce new believers to the foundational and fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith, Uh, and they would go through a process of this question-and-answer format in classes, and then would have a series of what were called confirmation classes, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes a young person would have to have successfully answered a series of questions about Bible doctrine before they could be admitted as a member into a local church. So it was sort of a way for uh, churches to know that the people they were admitting as members into the church uh, actually believed and adhered to uh, true Bible doctrine. I, I think in many churches today, uh, you can simply sign a card and say, I want to be a member, and many churches will take you. Um, they don't ask any mm-hmm. questions. They don't affirm whether or not you hold to a, a biblical view of Scripture. Um, if you want to join, you can join, just like joining the YMCA. And so uh, there there was, for many centuries, a way for churches to be able to find out if their uh, children and their new members actually were in agreement with the beliefs of the Church. Does a catechism replace the Bible? Absolutely not. In fact, uh, some of the better historic catechisms said in the catechism themselves that uh, any works of men, whether it's a confession or a catechism uh, or a creed, uh, is never equal to the Scripture, that it has to be subordinate to the Scripture. Um, our goal with this catechism is to point people back to the Bible itself, to help people to actually find answers to the most important theological questions from the text of the Bible, uh, because man's opinions are, are really not worth very much. What we really want to find out is, what has God said about this? What is what is God's viewpoint on these issues? So in our catechism, we give a lot of Scripture because we want people yeah. to ultimately uh, get their answers from the Word of God and, and not just um, some some church or denomination or human perspective. Yeah, and, and that's really foundational for us. And, and I, as I look through your book here, you use a lot of Scripture. Somewhere about 250 verses are printed out uh, through the course of the book, and, and really that's not by accident, is it? Right. Well, I noticed in a lot of the historic catechisms that they may only use one verse to support uh, an answer that was given, and uh, I wanted to be able to help um, new believers and and students to be able to see that there really are sound biblical answers to all the questions that we have. And I think sometimes young people abandon faith in Christianity because they have questions. And when they've gone to the church and they've tried to get answers, um, sometimes they haven't had scripturally supported answers to the tough questions that they're asking. Mm -hmm. So I believe it's very important that we answer these questions for students from the scripture uh, to give them confidence that the Word of God has answers and that 
the doctrines of the Bible are defensible. Israel Wayne, our guest here today, we're discussing his book, Foundational Truths, A Modern Catechism. Uh, sometimes the lack of foundation has kept people even from being a witness for Jesus Christ. I mean, they're, they're afraid they might be asked a question they cannot answer. Does a catechism help them with that? Absolutely. And I believe that a catechism is something that would be helpful even for people who are senior citizens, uh, people who are middle-aged adults, because many of us were simply not trained, uh, even though we may have attended church, we weren't trained in civil doctrine. And so we do feel sometimes like we don't know how to answer very basic questions, like what is salvation, or what is justification, or what is sanctification, or you know, you know, who is God? Uh, what is my purpose on earth? Uh, we we don't know how to answer a lot of those questions, and so. This is a really good tool to help all of us, regardless of what age we are, to be able to give sound answers that are informed from the Scripture. And when I talked to the publisher about the development and layout, I said, "Let's even though we're calling it a catechism for families, because we want the whole family to do it together, right. I said, let's not make this childish in terms of the layout. Let's make it something that a church could use with a new believers class, uh, let's make it something that uh, adults would be happy to have this. And they made a beautiful resource with it. And they have, and it's a very easy-to-read layout. The Scripture verses are all there and uh, easy to read. The questions, I mean, it, it is very reader-friendly uh, as far as its layout is concerned. Uh, Israel, we, we've just had a, a lot of guests on this program who have really issued a concern uh, that children in fine Christian homes are just walking away from their faith. Once they leave high school, they go on to college or when they move out of the house. And in some of these cases, we certainly know that not all cases, but in some of them, young people know many of the Bible accounts. They know about Noah. They know about Moses, David and Goliath, Jonah, Elijah, the prophets of Baal, and I, I could go on. But they have a hard time answering the question, how can we know there is a God? Do you believe that there are many homes, and I'm referring to Christian homes, Israel, that are not building this strong spiritual foundation for their children? I mean, their children may know the Bible accounts and, and the Bible, what we often refer to as Bible stories, but rather ignorant of foundational truth. Well, I think it was about 40 years ago, Dr. Francis Schaeffer said that Christians think in bits and pieces rather, in a, rather than a comprehensive whole. And so... I see this as being something like a box top to a puzzle, and a lot of Christians have, you know, a thousand pieces, uh, puzzle pieces on the table, but they don't know how they fit together. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is to give a box top to say, here's the big picture, here's the, the overview of biblical theology, and once they see the box top, they can start putting together the pieces that they already have. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. With us today is Israel Wayne, and uh, he and his wife, Brooke, homeschooling parents, they, uh, is an author, a conference speaker, really has a passion for defending the Christian faith and to promote a biblical worldview. Has just released this book entitled Foundational Truths, A Modern Catechism, Answering the Essential Questions of Christianity. Now, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we'll talk about some of the contents that are in this book as well, and even some ideas how you could utilize this in your own home, in your own family, in building a strong foundation. Oh, it's important that we do that individually, that we have a strong foundation, but also as we're seeking to reach this next generation as well. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, were the Aborigines that were found in Australia a primitive culture? No, they weren't, Chris. When the British got there, these people had a very intricate culture and language and art, and even their own brand of technology. For instance, Aboriginal stone knives dating from centuries ago had serrated cutting edges. These were only invented in Western culture after the Second World War. There was nothing at all primitive about these early cultures. All people descended from Noah and his family, and they were technical enough to build a huge ship. Cultures do degenerate when they adopt pagan thought, 
but are not primitive in any evolutionary sense, and that's the Back to Genesis truth. If you want to know more about the creation evolution issue, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. Back to Genesis is a production of the Institute for Creation Research. I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Israel Wayne, our guest today, we're discussing his book, Foundational Truths, a modern catechism answering the essential questions of Christianity. Uh, Israel, many have heard of, and you referred to this er earlier, Luther's Catechism or the Heidelberg Catechism, the Westminster Larger Catechism. What's the difference between what you've developed here in your book and, and what's come out in these catechisms from previous centuries? Well, I have drawn from all of those historic catechisms, uh, and they are wonderful resources. Uh, the, the main differences would be that most of those catechisms were trying to um, identify doctrinal positions that were connected mostly to denominational churches. And, and so they were trying to say, this is what makes our denomination unique or distinct from other denominations, and so they tended to um, express their views on particularly secondary doctrines. Mm -hmm. uh, primary doctrines are the ones that deal with salvation and kind of the core essentials of Christianity. Secondary doctrines are important, they're vital, but those tend to be the areas where Christians tend to disagree and, and where denominations tend to have uh, splits on those issues. And so some of those um, catechisms would tend to highlight areas of disagreement between different denominations. And what we wanted to do in Foundational Truths was to focus more on the primary doctrines and on the beliefs that all true Christians have shared together in common for the past 2,000 years, mm -hmm. the things that that define Christianity as being truly Christianity, uh, as opposed to trying to pick sides on the doctrinal debates. Um, so that was one of the primary goals that we had, was to make something that's interdenominational or cross-denominational, or whatever word you want to put to that, but that really um, all true confessing Christian churches would agree uh, on the points in our catechism as opposed to highlighting the point of disagreement. Um, and then the second thing was we wanted to have the answers, questions and answers, be in, in a more contemporary, modern English vernacular, because some of these catechisms are 400 years old, mm -hmm. which is great, uh, but the wording is just a little clunky for our uh, modern-day English, and so we wanted to make sure that uh, we had something that families, especially children, could very easily learn and uh, memorize. Sure, and indeed, the, your questions are very modern questions, but, and I will point out, you use the King James Version of the Bible in here, a, a version that many have grown accustomed to and, and, and can understand, but uh, that is uh, uh, the chosen um, version here for the book, and that's all your scriptures printed out in KJV, correct? Yes, that is correct. So mm -hmm. in the book, rather than just referencing the verses, yeah. print all of the verses in the book so that someone can read them, and uh, all of the verses in the book are uh, 100% King James Version. Mm -hmm. Well, I see you've developed 52 catechisms, 52 questions, 52 foundational truths, and I'd like to give just a couple examples. And earlier in the interview, I referred to the question, how can we know there is a God? This is actually the very first question, the foundational question in your book, but what is the response to this question? Because people are asked, how do you, how, how do you know that there's really a God? Yes, yeah, so we reference about six different scripture passages as support for this, and then kind of drawing actual wording from the different verses. Most of the answers we give, the wording is, is from the verses, but we say, um, God's creation plainly reveals his wisdom, Psalm 19.1 and Proverbs 3.19, so that we are without excuse, Romans 1.18 through 20. Our moral conscience knows right and wrong, pointing to a moral lawgiver, which is God. And we reference Romans 2, 14 through 15. 
The scriptures are God's word given to us by God, revealing the way of salvation. First Corinthians one twenty one through twenty four, and Second Timothy three fifteen. So as you can see, there's a lot of scripture that goes yeah. into this. Yeah, and this one, uh, even more than others, has a lot of scripture. How do we know there is a God? A very foundational question. So that question is asked, like on one page, with the answer right below it. And then opposite this are, is the written-out scripture verses for each one of those references that, that you have given. Um, are, are most people prepared to, to answer a question like this? No, I think really most people would be very intimidated uh, in trying to answer something like that. And so mm-hmm. the catechism, if it's memorized, can actually give someone just very short uh, one paragraph or sometimes even one sentence answers to very profound biblical doctrines and and Bible questions, and so they can become much more conversant uh, and much more equipped, particularly as you referenced earlier in evangelism, uh, when talking to someone. Mm -hmm. And this is also a resource that they could use if they uh, are doing evangelism and discipling someone. All the verses are right there. So if they're sharing the gospel with someone, they don't have to hunt through the Bible and wonder, well, how do I find the verses that support this point? Right. All the Bible verses are right there in the text. It's all laid right out there on the page. And so the catechism is something that is meant to be memorized. And I see, uh, you know, I think it's no coincidence there's 52. It's, it's like one could focus on one a week as far as working through your book and memorizing the catechism and, and seeing the scriptures that, that correlate with it as well. Absolutely. So we were thinking this would be a resource that a family or a church could go through for a whole year, mm-hmm. uh, memorize the answers if they want to, and, and memorize the verses uh, as families. Or maybe pick right. one or two verses that support a question to memorize together as a family. And there's so many applications. Um, the church that I'm a part of does a lot of jail ministry, and I was thinking how wonderful this would be as a resource for like jail and prison well, ministry. Yeah where you have new believers in jails and prisons uh, who don't know the basics of Bible doctrine, and it's a way for them to get the Word of God in them very systematically. It is, and and you bring up that a greater point even than of discipleship, leading, so you, one would lead somebody else to faith in Christ, and, and then to disciple that believer, and working through a book like this uh, is, is going to give them that foundational truth. Um, I, I see at the end of each discussion question uh, and related answer, and then the scriptures, that you've got a foundational truth. Uh, really, it's a truth that goes into the, the building of one's foundation. Tell us about that. What we did is we wanted to make sure that we had some life application mm-hmm. as opposed to just information, because the Word of God is something that's supposed to be applied and lived. And the book of James talks about that, how we don't want to just be hearers of the Word only, deceiving ourselves. We want to be doers of the Word. And so uh, we have a section in there that's called Inaction, and there's like a little paragraph where we talk about how you can apply the things that you're learning that week to your life and uh, make it part of your spiritual growth. And, uh, and then we do also try to provide some definitions to terms that might be unfamiliar to um, youngsters or or to new believers, because, frankly, as Christians, we do have our own vocabulary. We do have our own vernacular that we're used to, and as Christians, we we throw around these million-dollar words, but a lot of times new Christians don't know those terms, and so uh, even words that are used in the Bible, like propitiation or terms like that, we, we try to make sure we define those terms so that nobody's getting lost. Well, friends, again, this book here is uh, Foundational Truths, a Modern Catechism, and uh, ask the question, you've got the response to the question, the scripture verses are laid out, and then there is the foundational truth, like for this one we've been talking about, foundational truth number one, we know God through creation and the scriptures, and then gives you action steps, how you can uh, get engaged in really putting this foundational truth into action in this life, in, in, in your life. For, and I'm just going to read this first one. Strive this week to make your actions like those desired by God, found in the teachings of the Scriptures. Each day, identify an opportunity to act in a way that reflects God's wisdom and moral standards. This could involve acts of kindness, 
forgiveness, love, or seeking justice. And uh, just very powerful uh, to increase our, our child's knowledge, not in our, own, our own knowledge, but also that of our children and discipling them. What a great discipleship tool, Israel. Absolutely. And I want to mention, too, that I think grandparents can be very powerful allies in helping to disciple grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're one of the most underutilized resources within the Christian Church. Uh, and the Scriptures only really command two groups to teach children, uh, parents and grandparents. We see in Deuteronomy 4 and a couple places in the Old Testament where it says, teach your children yeah. and your children's children. Mm-hmm. So I really encourage grandparents not to just wring their hands about the fact that their children are on devices all the time and that they seem to not have an interest in spiritual things. Grandparents, I think, can have a, a very powerful impact uh, for the gospel with their grandchildren. I know my grandparents did in my life, and I believe that uh, many grandparents have much more power for influence than what they assume they do. Yeah. You know, what a classic example of Timothy in Scripture, how, how Paul commended him, you know, the, the faith that had been in his grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice, and in him also. And he points out to the faith of the grandmother and the mother and their impact upon Timothy. Absolutely. I'm very thankful in my life my mother's parents became Christians in their 40s. So my mom didn't grow up in a Christian home, but all my life they were sound, godly, wonderful, biblical people, and it had a profound impact in my life. And uh, my grandfather was one of my greatest role models throughout mm-hmm. my life. And so I want to really encourage grandparents to consider a resource like this as a, a possible gift uh, for your grandchildren as something that uh, is, a, is a long-term investment in their spiritual development and growth. Friends, we're going to be talking more on this book, but uh, Foundational Truths in Modern Catechism, Answering the Essential Question of Christianity. It's being featured this month as one of our bookstore's books of the month. Uh, this book just newly released by the publisher and has come out with a regular retail price of twenty four ninety nine. However, through January 31st, 2024, our bookstore is offering this book at 40% off for just fourteen ninety nine plus any applicable tax and or shipping. Uh, it's available uh, online at uh, vcy.com, vcy.com. You may reach out to our bookstore by phone uh, by calling one 4829 That's one 4829 the regular hours are 10 to 6 Central Time, uh, Monday through Friday, Saturdays from 10 to 4. Uh, you can reach out to them. If you get a busy, just wait a little bit, call them right back. But that's one 4829 or go to vcy.com and, and get it there. And as you point out, Israel, uh, just a, it's a great gift. And it, it's great for oneself to have in order to, 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 to go through these things, to become have those foundational truths uh, true of one's own life, but also then to look who else would benefit from this book as well. Yes, I appreciate you saying that. And it really is almost like a coffee table book. It's gorgeous, and I think it's the kind of thing that would look neat on somebody's coffee table. Right. But obviously, we want to get into the content of it. Indeed. Well, friends, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to just pose about another question or two in the book, and we'll also give you opportunity to call in and ask questions of our guests. So stay with us. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Israel Wayne is our guest, discussing his book, Foundational Truths, A Modern Catechism. Back in just one minute. Pastor Ken Spilger was discouraged. His church was not growing like he desired, and he wanted God to do something. He was invited to fly to a pastor's conference. On the way back, the plane hit trees just short of the runway. It crashed and erupted into a fireball. The pilots and two other pastors were killed instantly. Ken Spilger was the sole survivor of the crash and was pulled from the burning wreckage of the plane. He spent months at a hospital's burn unit. Ken's story is documented in Pulled from the Burning, 
a powerful documentary that shows how God changed his life, his family, and his church. Pulled from the Burning is available for a donation of $15. The set includes a Blu-ray disc, a DVD, and a digital download. For Pulled from the Burning, call VCY America, 1-800-729-9829. Oh, friends, we know the importance of building a strong foundation. I mean, not only is it important for the integrity of the building, but it's important for the integrity of our life and and having foundational truths. Uh, young people who walk away from their faith, they don't have the answers. And and uh, certainly uh, foundational truths, a modern catechism, addresses so many different issues. I mean, we talked about that first question uh, here today, uh, how can we know there is a God? That's a question many people are having right now in 2024. How do we know there's a God? You know, prove to be there's a God. And and really gives you the scripture verses, that foundation from God's word in this. God's word is sure. God's word is sure. We also find in, in scripture itself, it says in John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There is so much deception that is going on in this world today. So many cloudy uh, pictures that are out there. But friends, this is one that that, uh, really gets us to the heart of God's Word, and it's based upon a scripture itself. So again, you may reach out to our bookstore, vcy.com, or reach out to them by phone, one 722 uh, Let's look at the second question, a catechism in your book, because many people are asking the question today, so if God created everything, who created God? And your second question in this book is, who made God? Address that issue with us, if you would. So the answer that I provide in the book is I say God is the only being who was not created by someone else. God has been and will be existent for all eternity. And then I reference a number of scriptures, including Exodus 3.14, where God tells Moses, I am that I am, uh, speaking about his eternal existence. Um, Psalm 90, verse 2, where he says, Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Uh, the Bible does not set out to prove the existence of God. It starts out in the first three words of the Bible, you know, in the beginning, and then it says, yeah. God. He and is. so I think there's a, a, a presupposition or an assumption that nothing could be more basic, nothing could be more fundamental than God. Um, if you think of somebody who's powerful enough to have created God, that person would be God, right? So in the beginning, right. ultimately you're going to have to have a non-cause cause, a creator who existed because of himself and was not dependent on anything outside of himself. Yeah. Well, friends, I'd like to open our phone lines here today, give you opportunity to uh, speak with our guest, Israel Wayne, perhaps a question uh, prompted by our topic of conversation here today or a brief comment. Our phone number here, 1-800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. 52 different catechisms, 52 questions, foundational truths, and uh, things to really lay, uh, biblical truth to lay a foundation in one's life. Uh, I can see great value in the book being laid out with the 52 questions could really be a helpful tool in family devotions, in discipleship, just for one's own personal growth. It could actually be a supplement to your children's education, too, could it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Christian schools and home schools uh, would all benefit from this. Yeah. Foundational Truths. Uh, our number to cross talk, 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. We'll go to the phone lines here this afternoon, and we're going to begin with uh, Jody in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Jody, you're on the air. Good morning, gentlemen. I so appreciate you bringing this book out, uh, Israel, uh, because many of us older people catechism to me was memorization of prayers 
man's prayers. There was only one that was actually in the Bible that I didn't know that until years later. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're, this would be so good, you know, like you were saying, for grandparents, because uh, I, I'm thinking about getting uh, for my grandkids for Resurrection Sunday mm. coming up as a gift, you know, for them. And uh, you were talking about the foundation of a house. You know, you can build it on sand or you yeah. can build it on the rock, mm-hmm. which is Christ. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of the foundation of the minds of all of us. You know, garbage in, garbage out. Yes, yeah. So I really appreciate your topic today. And Israel, thank you so much for putting together the book for all of us to improve our walk by faith and answer the tough questions that the world's throwing at us. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you, Jody. Uh, Good analysis, sir, uh, Israel. Yes, and when you mention about Resurrection Sunday, we do deal with some of those important questions. Like, one of the questions that we ask is, how did Jesus purchase our salvation? Hmm. And also, by what manner did Jesus die? And how do we know Jesus rose from the dead? Uh, what happened to Jesus after his resurrection from the dead? So these are questions that uh, tie in with that that resurrection week and uh, answer those important doctrines that have to do with Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. Let's go next to Doris calling from Kentucky. Hi, Doris. You're on the air. Thank you for cross talk, and thank you for this uh, all these sessions that you bring us. Mm-hmm. For an older person that I'm trying to witness to, is there anything in here about the Old Testament prophecy of the Messiah? And also, is there a really good plan of salvation in it? Israel? Yes. Yes, we do talk about um, you know the gospel. What is salvation, and how do we come to know um, you know that we are saved? Uh, as far as the um, the Old Testament uh, pointing to the Messiah, uh, I don't know if we cover that particular uh, question in this catechism. Uh, that's a, that's a great point, uh, but obviously, uh, as you're saying, with discipleship and leading someone to uh, knowing Christ, uh, we do talk about the uh, one of the questions here is what is the purpose of God's law, and uh, that's question number fourteen, and we talk about how that was pointing towards Christ and how. Um, the things in the Old Testament were foreshadowing what Christ would ultimately fulfill in the New Testament. So yes, we definitely want to make those connections. Yeah, and I am just looking, and, and it relates to salvation. There's a number of questions on this. Uh, question 28, what happened to Jesus—29, uh, rather, what must we do to be saved? Number 30, what is justification? Question 31, what does it mean to be born again? 32, can we be saved by our own good works? And—, and uh, Here's another one. Is there another way to be saved beside trusting in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as the only atonement for our sin? And then also question 34, what is true saving faith? So there is a lot dealing with the the doctrine of salvation in the book here, Doris. Okay. More my question is for someone who is a great believer in God, Mm -hmm. but not in Christ, I was just hoping for some help leading up to you know, Christ and the promises in the Old Testament mm-hmm. that have been fulfilled. But it seems like you have covered some of that anyway. Right. And so some, going... of, some of that. Yes. yes. So some... And, and some of the questions, too, like, you know, how do we know Jesus is God's only begotten Son? Uh, why is Jesus called God's only begotten Son when uh, true believers are also God's children? Um, or, or how did Jesus, being the only begotten Son of God, become man? And so we, we talk about the importance of his sinless life and how he alone is able to be uh, the payment for our sin, yeah. because he was the Son of God, and he lived a sinless life, and therefore was acceptable uh, as, as a sacrifice uh, to atone for our sins. So I, I think you will find that this would be uh, a great reference. And again, what's beautiful about it is it's pointing um, the, the seeker or the, the person being discipled back to the Scripture, yeah. uh, to the Word of God, not just to a doctrinal book 
but to the actual verses of Scripture itself. Doris, we appreciate your call today. We're going on now to Dave in Windpoint, Wisconsin. You're on the air, Dave. Yeah, just a question. I, am, I came in kind of in the middle, so I haven't got all your information. But is this the kind of a thing I could give to a new believer that uh, just received Christ and needs some foundation? Absolutely. We, we wrote this very much with that in mind. And so we wanted it to be something that uh, could work with children who are learning about the Christian faith, but also about um, for new believers who are just learning about the Bible, really don't know the basics. That's what this does. It teaches them the basic foundational doctrines, not, not the, the divisive ones, you know, not the ones that uh, people argue about and have disagreements about, but the ones that all true Christians have always embraced and believed for 2,000 years of Church history. Hey, thank you. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Um, our phone thank number you. to Crosstalk, we've got a few open lines here, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Barbara is next from Milo, Missouri, and Barbara, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, my question is concerning the, is it, broke, is the book broken down so each subject is easily to found? And would this product be something that a homebound person could use to talk to new Christians? Hmm. Great question. Israel? Absolutely. We have a beautiful table of content. So each question uh, is referenced with a page number. So you can very quickly go to that page number and look up the answer to that question. And yes, this is definitely something that would be great for any person who wants to just grow in their own understanding of Scripture um, mm-hmm. as a, a course or a, uh, yeah, of course they could take themselves, but also something that you can easily lead another person through, whether it's on a one-on-one basis uh, or in a formal class. There are churches that are using this uh, as adult Sunday school classes, youth groups are using it, uh, children's Sunday school classes. So it's very easily adaptable to uh, all different settings and all different ages. And since I'm asking, the, the, the King James Version, did you use the old King James Version or the new New King James Version? Well, um, we, we used the modern spellings. So, yes, we used the, uh, you, you know, the, the, modern, uh, the, the modern spellings, but it's the... Uh, the, you know, uh, it's hard for me to answer that. Yeah, it's not the new King James Version, it's the the King James Version. Yeah, the 1611 King James Version of the Bible. Um, Great. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for your call. And uh, taking your calls here today on Crosstalk, our number 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Foundational Truths and Modern Catechism. Answering the Essential Questions of Christianity. Again, it's being featured this month at the VCY Bookstore, normally $24.99. Uh, you can get it uh, at 40% off at our bookstore through January 31st, and uh, available just $14.99 plus any applicable tax or shipping. Uh, if that's necessary, available at vcy.com. That's vcy.com, or by calling the bookstore, one 722 4829 We're going to take a quick break, and our lines are available for further questions or comments regarding the book. Our number is 800-733-9829. We'll be back in just one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. With us today, we have the author of this book, Israel Wayne. And uh, not only is he a homeschooling dad, uh, but uh, also directs uh, Family Renewal, a ministry, and uh, has been involved in conference speaking and and uh, leading a, a speaker on so many different issues and uh, with us here today on Crosstalk. Back in one minute, our number, 800-733-9829. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. We sent a reporter to Taiwan, Colonel John Mills, and the CCP, well, according to many reports, they were hoping to interfere in the election. In fact, they even put out the word that the vice president, who was running for president under the DPP party, 
which would be kind of the Taiwan First Party, that if they were successful in the election, that would bring war. So they were apparently trying to scare the voters. But the DPP candidate won. Now the issue is what will happen? We know, according to numerous reports, that Xi Jinping, when in San Francisco a few months ago, told President Biden, we are going to take Taiwan one way or the other. Now it has come out this week that Biden says he does not support the independence of Taiwan. Folks, it seems as though there is going to be an attempt to take Taiwan. Keep your eye on that part of the world. I'm Brandon House for the Worldview Report. Taking your calls today on Crosstalk at 1-800-733-9829. With us is Israel Wayne, uh, author of many books, but uh, this newest one here is uh, entitled Foundational Truths, a Modern Catechism, Answering the Essential Questions of Christianity. And uh, let's go right back to our phone lines here. We're going to uh, Vivian calling in from Peebles, Ohio. Hi, Vivian. You're on the air. I like to I, I like to read three verses out of the Bible if I could. It's uh, in uh, John, and it's chapter three, and it's telling what Jesus told the rabbi how to be saved in order to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, it's chapter three. Jesus answered and said to him, "Very verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." Mm-hmm. And and uh, when the rabbi was asking different questions, and Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. That's when we were born, actually born from a mom and dad. And of the Spirit, and that's the Spirit of God, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That which is born of the flesh, he goes on to say in verse 6, that mm-hmm. means when we are born from a mom and dad. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, and that's Jesus Christ. And we have to ask his forgiveness and ask him to forgive us. And that's the way we go to heaven. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're going to find that as question number 31 in his book, those same verses on pages 130 and 131, what does it mean to be born again? Yes. Yeah. And I think we should be telling people this and sharing this, mm-hmm. because Jesus is coming back, and the way it feels like it's not going to be much longer. Yeah, you're right. I I, I, I agree with you. you. All, and I love your station, and I love to be able to witness for the Lord. Amen. And I've asked him every day to use me for his purpose. Thank you, Vivian. Continue to have that be the prayer of your heart as well. And and I know that salvation uh, is critical to you, Israel, to cover that issue very clearly what it means, because there's a a whole lot of misconception on how one can be saved today. It's interesting, when I was growing up, I think the most universally known Bible passage in all the world was John chapter 3, and those particular verses, especially John 3.16, and millions of people have come to faith in Christ through the proclamation of those verses. It's so interesting, though, in my day and age, you know, that we're living in, in our day and age now, uh, I think in America, if you ask somebody to quote a Bible verse, the Bible verse that they would quote is, Judge not, lest you be judged. Yes, right. Like, that's the most universally known passage taken out of context, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to get back to, as, as our caller said, the proclamation of the gospel because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is uh, powerful to salvation. Amen. Amen. Let's go back to the lines. Uh, Cindy calling from uh, Rich Hill, Missouri. You're on the air. I want to know why God came back as a man. And thank you. Why God came to this earth as a man. Okay. Uh, Israel? Well, you know, uh, it's it's an interesting question, because I, I think if I was God, I don't know if I would have thought to do it that way. But um, but God uh, came, uh, you know, Jesus Christ was, was God in the flesh, mm-hmm. uh, born of a virgin who lived a sinless life on earth. And, uh, and, and because he was God, but was human, he could be the sacrifice to pay for our sins. And it seems as though there just was no other way uh, for there to be a sacrifice uh, that was, you know, sufficient for all of our uh, sins, except for the blood of Jesus, because the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, that there is no atonement or no forgiveness of sins. And so, um, so we have that as question uh, number thirty-three 
in the Catechism. Is there another way to be saved besides trusting in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as the only atonement for our sin? Uh, and so it is through this God-man, uh, and the answer that we give is there is no other means of salvation and no other Savior but Christ alone. Yeah, amen. Uh, and so we, we have to put our faith and trust in Him alone for salvation. Thank you, Cindy, for the call. We're going to squeeze one last call in from Tri-Cities, Washington. Ron, you're on the air. Yes. Do you address the question, how do I know that the Bible is true? Yes, we do. Um, we, we do address that question, and... Um, I think one of the things that we have to remember is that the Bible uh, claims itself to be the Word of God. You know, certainly any uh, book that does not claim to be the Word of God, um, you know, would uh, we would not consider to be the the Bible or God's revealed truth. Uh, but um, question number twelve, uh, page fifty-four, it says, "How do we know that the sixty-six books of the Bible?" are the only inspired Word of God and contain no errors. So when we jump down to uh, page 54 and we look at the answer that's given there, it says, The Bible testifies of itself that it is the inspired breath of God. Deuteronomy 29.29, 2 Timothy 3.16, 2 Peter 1.21. And then evidence of its truth includes its unity and consistency, John 17.17, historical accuracy, and life-changing message, Romans 15.4 and Hebrews 4.12. Very good. Thank you, Ron, for the call. And uh, we're down to about 90 seconds here, so we're going to have to uh, stop with the calls here at this point. But, uh, friends, that's, uh, you know, the, the very foundational truths. That's why it's called foundational truths. We're looking at those, those most uh, basic you know, foundational questions that are going to build us uh, up in the faith and address those issues that are so critical to the f- Christian faith. And just a reminder that uh, the the book is available through the end of this month, January of uh, 2024, uh, available at 40% off at the VCY bookstore. Uh, $14.99, they've got it for it. Normally is $24.99. They have to add any applicable tax. If they're going to be shipped to you, it's got to be shipped. Those of you that are in driving distance can stop by and uh, pick it up there. But 40% off, you can reach out to vcy.com, vcy.com, or reach out uh, by phone to one 722 4829 That's one 722 Seven two two four eight two nine. We've got just a half minute left. Israel, what would you like to leave with the listeners today? Well, again, we're going back to something that has been a tried and true method for centuries of the Christian Church, and many churches have gotten away from it. But I think we need to get back to using the Bible itself as the core for our teaching material. That the Word of God is the foundation for how we evangelize. It's the foundation for how we disciple. And I uh, hope that this uh, book, Foundational Truths, will be useful for you in your own Christian growth, as well as in the uh, evangelism and discipleship that you're doing with others. Some 250 Bible verses printed out in the book. Israel, thank you for putting this together, and thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Thank you, brother. Israel Wayne, our guest here today. Again, very easy to read and understand. Just a few pages on each question. The Bible verses are printed out, but a uh, beautiful book here, and uh, the the, the truth is rich. God bless you folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.